Oh, yeah. That third boom period we talk about, it's alive, and it is well. It's bonus instant analysis time on the State of Combat podcast. (laughs) The Brian Campbell Pro Wrestling BC Adam Silver King in the house coming at you. (laughs) Dropped everything. Massive news this Thursday morning. WWE. No, it's not. Guys, hold on. Let me just adjust the the gigawatts and the time machine. No, it is not 2002, but WWE has hired Paul Heyman as executive director of Monday Night Raw, reporting directly to Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff in the same role on SmackDown Live on the blue brand. Wow, brother. Wow. Silver King, I'm going to throw it to you to hear them engines turning inside of you to find out what sound happened when you heard this noise. But first, I need to give credit where credit is due. I apologize, you son of a bitch. Vince, (laughs) you made the right move. SK, wow, brother. I mean, there are so many ramifications to this decision, so many reasons we can debate back and forth about why this happened, why it happened now. But yeah, the first reaction, holy effing bleep. Like, it's just, you know, the historical parts of it, essentially taking his two biggest rivals from the greatest era of when we were alive, the Monday Night Wars, the Attitude Era, taking the head of ECW and the head of WCW and saying, right now, we are not getting the job done, so we need these guys. And I know, look, it's not like this is the first time we've seen these guys since the 90s. Both have worked in WWE. Heyman's currently working there. But Adam, week after week on this show, we say, look, it is the third boom period. AEW's coming. There's real competition with Japan and the red-hot indie scene, and yet WWE proper is not doing the things that even NXT is doing. What's the problem? When will they change? Blah, blah, blah. This is such a monumental move considering SmackDown moves to Fox on Friday nights, October 4th, in a move that still, I believe, actually could change the game. And this is WWE saying, we hear you, we get it, and we need to be better. So here we go. And like... Wow. Like, it's just it's it's insane. And it's great. And I think on a macro level, this is telling me <clears throat> that it's time. The wars are here. And, and I don't mean war in terms of which company is going to beat the other and who's going to beat who 83 weeks again. No, none of that. I mean, from the standpoint of the third boom period and taking this genre that we watch, that we love it. When every week there's different companies doing different things and you can have your flavors and you can like this and that. But the point is, wrestling is back. It's going to be on primetime national television. It's on every possible stream. And if WWE flicks that light switch that we talked about during this week's show and decides to go for it, what the hell is the landscape going to look like? You know what it's going to look like? Great for everyone that still cares about this medium and this genre. I don't know if six months from now, Things are going to be as red hot as they were in 1998. Probably not. But they're going to be pretty damn hot if this means, Adam, what it could mean. Absolutely. And, I mean, there's so many different things to unpack here, right? I think we should go with the five W's or as close as we can get, right? First being why. 
That's the most important thing. Why? And Brian, I know you may lean, and I'm not going to put words in your mouth, a little bit more towards AEW competition maybe aspect of it. But for me, the why is twofold. One, slowly but you know continuously declining ratings, both shows, and attendance as well. But more importantly, these guys just signed two basically twin $1 billion television contracts for five years, one with USA Network, where they're never really in danger of going off the air because of a long-term agreement. And, you know, they sold that Raw contract before they even did sell the SmackDown one. But now Fox, primetime television. And yes, ratings will go up naturally by being primetime broadcast as opposed to cable on its own. And Friday night, I don't know how that's going to work versus Tuesday. But you cannot be giving Fox a product for their sports division that they paid a billion dollars for over five years and deliver them a sub two million rating off the bat. It's just not going to work. So they made a move that they felt they absolutely had to. And for me, it was all about the television contracts and the declining ratings. Now, AEW being competition, it's going to help. Certainly, that's certainly something where Vince is like, well, this thing's happening also. I definitely need to make this move. But to me, that's secondary. Yeah, look, I'm not going to argue that. I think that that's right on. I, I can certainly come at it from the revolution competition idea, but Vince is in competition with his own bank account and with the idea of maximizing and succeeding in this $1 billion Fox deal that you mentioned over five years. So this is a strong move that almost, you're right, you could argue, has nothing to do with AEW and just has everything to do with we can't enter this deal on a major lull on people on our ranking on our ratings hitting the toilet and people being like, I'm done with this product. And that you could argue is more important than this T-shirt company that I love that has figured a flavor of steak rub that is often better. They have this roster here at WWE that is so gluttonously filled with top superstars. And they have to hit the numbers and the margins on this major Fox deal. They have to keep Universal, NBC, happy on Monday nights on USA that they just basically paid the full price of both shows but are now only getting raw. I love that they did it now rather than like two weeks before the Fox reveal. Let's get ahead of it now. Or three months after. Yeah, let's get ahead of it now and figure this whole thing out. And let's not also forget, Morale's low. Morale of the fans is low. Morale of the superstars, whether you think this dirt sheet as opposed to this dirt sheet isn't true, the Dean Ambrose, John Moxley changeover exposed something bigger that's going on in there, and I hope that the idea of bringing in fresh perspectives will make the kind of storylines, presentations that speak more to the hearts of these artists and hopefully avoids the kind of tropes and the things that just drive us nuts because there have been certain fresh angles in recent years that just feel so great. In fact, we talk on the show. When was the last time WWE Creative was hot? It was 2017, the summer. Great balls of fire heading into SummerSlam. It was really Samoa Joe against Brock Lesnar. And then it led into, obviously, in September, John Cena against Roman Reigns and all the great things that came out of that. Yes, exactly. And what was (laughs) some of the related things going on we find out behind the scenes? That Paul Heyman was given sort of nibbles at the larger creative pie. He was writing the words that Samoa Joe was saying. He was involved in a lot of things. And there were conversations you and I had that, like, we know Heyman's this high-priced great talent. He's the best promo guy maybe ever. 
Yeah. Why isn't he maybe going back behind the scenes and helping them more? Is it a Vince Paul power stroke? Paul Heyman, meaning. Is it a Vince Paul Heyman power stroke? We don't know. But just the idea that they're like, um, we have this genius under our staff who took this mom and pop shop of ECW and revolutionized the business, then was a monster creative writer for us in SmackDown back in the day. Everything he has touched, he's turned to gold. Why don't we give him the keys to Monday nights? And Adam, we got to get into this debate because it's the next step. Well, I want to hold. It. I want to hold you off there. Before well, we I get, wanna, I it's wanna, a natural transition. The, I want to. I want to inject one thing. Hold on. Before I, I want to stick with the why here first, and just really quick. I know where you're going. Do you? And I. But I want to get your take on this. Do you think this speaks to anything regarding Vince McMahon? And it's kind of encroaching where you're going here. And how much time is going to be tied up with the XFL? Do you think he came to any realization? Because we're talking about why. Why is this happening? Do you think he is saying, look, I'm still going to be in charge of creative folks. This may be happening with these guys. Vince is in charge of creative still. They report directly to him. That is what's in the press release. It's one. what's in the SI report here. But do you think the XFL is playing a role? Do you think Vince is thinking, you know what? I'm going to be starting a professional football league in 2020, and I am not going to be able to give the creative on Raw and SmackDown the attention it needs, and I'm already struggling. This is a no-brainer move for me. Uh, to quote the great Lester Freeman from The Wire, all the pieces matter, Adam. All of this is contributing to this idea. Yes, I believe there is in part, either if it's coming out of Vince's mind or those who may or may not have his ear, that look, Vince, you're launching this football league that you say you're not going to run it day to day, but obviously you are going to care. You took all of your money. We right. made the joke it's a huge investment. that you took Shane and Stephanie's kids' future. Obviously, there's so much money in the McMahon household. They're going to be fine. They're all going to go to whatever college they want. But as a but joke— He took a couple hundred million dollars. I mean— He sold his own stock. He did things to say, look, before I die, this is the project. This is my—some uh, people in their retirement years, they have fishing hobbies. They become woodworkers. No. He's like, I'm going to make this rival upstart football league work. I'm going to take the biggest L in the history of my life outside of that <laughs> steroid trial in George Zahorian, although actually he kind of won that in some way. He didn't go to jail, right? I'm going to take right. that biggest L and repair— it. So, yeah, I think it's like, hey, you're also simultaneously launching this football league at the time that you're taking one of your brands for a billion dollars and putting it on national TV. Yes, Adam, I think part of that is I need to be smarter. I'm getting older. I can't do it all. But I think the natural transitional question from why is, is this a smokescreen? We've said it forever. Hire Heyman. Why isn't he running the show? He's so smart and brilliant. It could change everything. Is this a smokescreen to make it look like we're doing it, but Vince McMahon's really still in control? So here's the deal. Is Vince McMahon still really in control? One million percent. Yes, no doubt (laughs) about it. They're all reporting to him. He has the final stamp at the end of the line. But I received, after this news broke, like 37 tweets of people being like, ah, who cares? Let's see. You know, the the proof's going to be in the pudding. We'll see. It's still going to be Vince. No, guys. Number one, have some optimism in your life. And number two, we know the history of Heyman and Bischoff. They are guys who successfully ran their own companies during the biggest period in the history of wrestling. Um, They're not just going to eat crow at this point. They have side businesses. They have other ways to make money. They don't need to just sit there. You know, and just be a 24 year old writer and just go, okay, Vince doesn't like this. Let's move on They're Like this is big. This is going to have to be Vince getting out of the way. Adam, I have no fear in the idea that Vince is still going to ruin it and shove Kane down our throats and triple threat (laughs) events for titles. Like this is too fertile and important of a time 
for Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff not to be given a chunk of the steering wheel. Yes, you're always reporting to Vince until he dies. You will be reporting to Vince. He will have the final say. He will make sure there's still a hot blonde as the special guest referee. Yes, there will be some kind of Vince-isms in there. But I can do nothing right now but be excited about the fact that the food flavor is going to change and we're going to get a sprinkle of old on it, and it's the old that we love. Well, yeah, that's the thing. If they hired showrunners, which is something I've been advocating for years, the entire time that we've had this podcast, that you've had this podcast and had me on as a co-host, I've been advocating for Raw and SmackDown to have showrunners. It hopes with scripts, continuity, and just overall creative. This isn't a showrunner. This is an executive director. You're not hiring 53-year-old Paul Heyman and 64-year-old Eric Bischoff and saying, hey, guys, come be yes-men for Vince McMahon. I mean, ultimately, their job in the at the end, just like everyone's job in WWE, is to please the chairman. It's always going to be that way. But you're not putting these guys as heads of billion-dollar television shows to say, hey, guys, you're just here as figureheads. I'm going to pay you who knows, one to two million dollars a year, five hundred five hundred thousand dollars a year to just sit there and say yes. That's not how it's going to work. So I do see changes coming. There's no question about it. It's just a matter of how much of the gas pedal will Vince let off and how soon and how successful are these guys in their respective roles and how soon. That's what really interests me, BC. But We've talked about the why, and you've kind of given that. I think we need to talk about the who, the Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff, and not just who is in this role, but who is not in this role. And the man's name who's not in this role also is Paul, Paul Levesque, the executive vice president of talent, everything else, and creative at the end. And that creative stands for NXT and 205 Live right now, BC, but you and I, especially us, on the show have been advocating for Paul Levesque to take over the main product, and that ain't happening here. So what do you think about Vince going in this Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff direction, not just in picking those two guys, but in not picking Triple H? Yeah, this is very interesting on two levels. First, the level is this. I argue every week on this show, the indie boom has changed wrestling. WWE is actually the outlier. It's not like, oh, those that flippy organization. Everybody's a flippy organization. It's just some of them do it insanely good, and they mix in what you love about WWE. So for months, weeks, years, on this podcast, we're basically saying, when is Vince Raw SmackDown going to wake up and be more like NXT, NJPW? And what we're really saying is, when will they adjust to the times and start booking like what 2019 wrestling fans really want? So we all assumed that when that day would happen, whether it was through Vince's death, through ratings plummeting so bad that he finally handed the keys over to Paul Levesque, that we would turn Raw and SmackDown into NXT, main roster NXT proper. But what is interesting and actually kind of fun, Adam, about today's news is today's news doesn't mean we're taking WWE proper and trying to make them outdo what NXT does great, what NJPW does great. What AEW potentially does great. We're taking what was great about the old, essentially. The Heyman, the Bischoff, the Monday Night Wars, and we're injecting it potentially into the 2019 product. And that will be fun because what we really want in this landscape is pure competition. And it would be great if AEW launches on TNT and grabs a market share. 
but does it with the indie style, and yet WWE proper is essentially just doing the best they can with WWE style. I didn't think that would end up being the switch and the fix, but that's fun. But the foundation of your question is, where does that leave Paul Levesque? Isn't he doing a great job at NXT? Didn't we think if anyone was ever going to get the book, it was him um, to play WWE psychiatrist and soap opera here? And I don't have dirt sheet knowledge. I don't have whatever. But we're all. We're all obsessed with this, Adam. Of course we are. The dynamics here. And you know what this move tells me? That Paul Levesque's great. He's Triple H. He does a great job. But to Vince McMahon, he will always be two things. The JV coach in WWE who takes these young flippy kids and puts them through the meat grinder at the PC and gets the main roster ready. And? And? Not a McMahon. At the end of the day, yes, Paul, you have helped make me some grandkids. But at the end of the day, this is still a McMahon run company. And rather than take your flippy ish from NXT and make that the main roster flavor, I'm going to go back to my old rivals and Force them into the job. This dynamic is insane. If you're Paul Levesque, you got to be like, wow, brother. Look, I'm not telling you, Paul, to divorce Stephanie and then start up your own AEW. But I'm saying this is very interesting if you smell what I'm cooking and you tend to look deeper into the issues here. Yeah, I mean, it's just so interesting when you put it that way. And it's true. Now, at the same time, these these guys are being hired to – the executive directors of these specific shows. And while you and I internally discussed, hey, why don't we just give Paul SmackDown or just give him Raw and Vince, you do the other and move on from there. What the end goal for Paul is not to be in charge of SmackDown. It's not to be in charge of Raw. The end goal for Paul Levesque, is to be in Paul Levesque is to be in Vince's chair as the chairman of WWE. Now, when Vince does leave or, or passes or whatever happens, Stephanie will get that role. There's no question about that. But Stephanie will not be in charge of creative in that role, at least in a day-to-day capacity, because right now she doesn't do that. She's the chief brand officer. She's not involved in that. So what I see potentially happening, which would be the ultimate – I mean I can't even imagine this scenario. But Vince departing the chairman's chair one way or another, Stephanie taking that over and appointing Paul Levesque head of creative with Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman reporting to Paul Levesque. And then we have a dynamic. By the way, over over Shane McMahon's dead body. Okay. Shane McMahon will not let that happen. Come on. Shane McMahon has no vested interest in the company at this point. But when his father does pass, I'm telling you, it's, it's a Shakespearean Roman epic production. You want the the on-air storyline, which is the storyline. No, this, the on-air storyline will mirror the backstage. You know what Shane's (laughs) going to say? I have the only sons in this family. I have the only ones that are actually named McMahon. Hey, Steph, I love your daughters, but my sons are McMahons. They will have the the ownership moving forward and the control. It's going to be epic. It's going to be out of control. But this has to be ownership. Come on. But true or false, this is a sly fu to Paul Levesque. True or false? No, it's not false. I'm not going to say that. Uh, There is no proof of that. Paul has his fee. He has a fiefdom inside WWE's kingdom, and that fiefdom. Is the Performance Center, the NX, NXT, and now 205 Live, all of which, and 205 Live maybe you don't want to classify as successful, but the other ones are exceedingly successful. And NXT UK 
even though we don't really give it time on the show because we have too, too much to watch. And that's really extraneous at this point. That's getting better, too, and, and getting really interesting. So Paul, in addition to doing the creative for all of those, is legitimately in charge of talent for the company. He has become the guy who negotiates with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega um, you know, and, and Kushida and Matt Riddle. He is the one that is front and center bringing people into the company. So let's not make it act – let's not act like he does not have a major role in WWE. It's just, look, you and I love NXT, and usually we don't tape shows on Thursday – I hope you watched NXT last night. No. And if no. you didn't, holy cow. It was fantastic. So there is a great product on w- under WWE's roof that Paul Levesque is running right now. He's running it. He's still head of talent. And I do think ultimately one day he will be lead creative in WWE, whether there's executive directors or not. But it is still interesting that this move was made and he didn't just hire Heyman. And move Paul over because that could have, you know, they could have said, Paul, you handle Raw, Heyman, you do SmackDown. The other thing I want to bring up, mm-hmm. I have a couple, couple quick notes for you. One, we should not overlook the fact that Paul Heyman loves NXT and really respects what Triple H is doing with that. Whether that means that Raw gets a little bit more of that feel is very possible and featuring those stars more. That's something to consider. Number two, isn't it strange to you? Because it's strange to me that Vince always seems to put Eric Bischoff in charge of the more important show. It was Raw. Now it's we know SmackDown on Fox is more important at this point. And Paul Heyman is always in charge of the second most That's important interesting. show. That's interesting. That is interesting. I didn't think right? of it like that. I didn't think of it. Does he? Does deep inside he trust Bischoff more and respect Bischoff more? Yes. That's weird, yeah. man. Because I've had some talks with Heyman. Bischoff and... went to listen. Bischoff went toe to toe with him, and as much as we love Paul Heyman, Vince had to bail him out. That is an interesting freaking point because I've because obviously Paul Heyman's known Vince since he was a teenager, taking pictures for Vince Senior on the sidelines. But this is a great story but I've talked it. to Paul on Heyman on and off air over the years about his relationship with Vince, and it's always just sort of like. It's it's always hanging together by a string, right? I wonder if there's just that deep rooted respect for Bischoff because he went toe to toe. He put Vince on the damn ropes. That's he interesting. Tweaks. It's also going to be interesting, obviously, Adam, how different the brands will be. And this is what we said from day one. We want Ron SmackDown when SmackDown goes to Fox to be different, to actually compete against each other because it's now two financial backers that have no relationship: NBC, Universal, right. and Fox. They want their shows to be the best. Wow, this could get great, Adam. But not just separate, different. It was not just different, separate is what I'm trying to say. We Listen, if Monday they come out, the best thing that could happen out of all this is if this starts Monday and they go, hey, guys, you know what? I want that. This is what I want. I want Extreme Rules to happen. Give them three weeks, get their ducks in a row, whatever. The Monday night after Extreme Rules on the way to Survivor Series, I want them or someone to come out and say, guys, we screwed up the Superstar shakeup. The wild card rule is over. We are going to have a WWE talent draft right now. Shake things up and move forward going into SummerSlam. That is the best possible thing that they could do. Admit your mistake. Say, we are going to give you the draft that fans want instead of the shakeup and move forward as two distinct brands with tons of talent and different creative directions. By far the best thing. Before we move off the talent, I had one other question for you. So in the release... It literally says there are no plans for this to be an on-screen storyline at this time. So I have two questions. One, 
How long do you think that remains true? <laughs> and is there any question that Bischoff is the first one who's on television? Okay, great question. I think I'm happy that they did it that way, that they announced it that way, because in theory, it should be about the product, not about these guys. So to start, I love that. That's basically telling you their role is to save things right now. But yes, inevitably, not only will it happen, but I think it's better for business that it does because both are great. Both are great as on-screen guys, especially contrarians, especially if there's storylines that involve them running the brand, but they're in opposition to the McMahon family. Look, there's gold, there's genius. I don't know who first, but it would be Bischoff. smarter to do Bischoff first because... It's always Bischoff, He's man. the outsider in the end. He's the real outsider, and you want SmackDown, I think. If you want it to really compete with Raw, Raw is the baby of, of WWE and always has been. SmackDown sort of the redheaded stepchild that they adopted or, or created and it's like or, or had out of wedlock, if you really want to say. So it would be fun and insane. Yes. Yes, we need I to just, do that. I, I just want if they're going to be on screen characters, I want them to be normal human beings. I don't want Bischoff in the on screen role that he had when he was last with WWE, where he was so detestable. And it was HLA and six minute warning. And he no, was such a super no. heel and everyone hated him. B, you know what, dude, Jim Tunney, Gorilla Monsoon, just be, uh, um, uh, today. Tunney. What's his Jack name? Tunney. What's his How name on you. NXT? Why am I forgetting? Jack, William Regal. Jack Tunney. How dare you? Jack Tunney. Be an authority figure who is neutral and just does the job. Yeah. And if you want to be on screen and do that, I'm fine with it. What I don't want is the super heel move. All right, Adam. I got your take. You got my take. There's still a little bit more layers to unwrap on this onion. But due to time and due to schedule, I need to bring in one more voice. Because, Adam, on a story this freaking big, it's bigger than you and I. There are, like, you want to talk. I mean, Eric Bischoff is back. We need our own Eric Bischoff back to, to, to just get his reaction. All right, I am dialing right now a man who needs no introduction. You can hear, you can hear that sound right now. Hello. Nick Costos, I need the Greek. I need it in my veins. It's Adam Silver King and your boy BC. You may remember us, Nick. Uh, Yeah, I do. I I do have a slight memory of you guys. Yeah, like like a twinkle in the old subconsciousness. What's going on, fellas? Uh, I'm adding Adam back in thanks to the wonders of Skype here and my inability to handle it. But, Nick, Adam and I are sitting here breaking down Quite possibly the biggest development in news in WWE. I don't know. I don't know when to compare it to. Nick, this is freaking insane. AEW's coming. Business around the globe is up like it's never been. And Vince didn't appoint his son-in-law, Trips, who's running arguably the greatest promotion in the world in NXT. He went back to the past ahead of the Fox deal and brought on Paul Heyman. And Eric Bischoff, and since you have long been the Eric Bischoff of this show, well-dressed and handsome, <laughs> Nick, you're doing great work these days at SI, at your morning cash-out show on Twitter that I'm checking out regularly. But I don't care about that. I care about your reaction to this news. Well, first off, great to be back with you guys. Great to be on the program talking professional wrestling with the state of combat nation so awesome to be back with you guys here um my reaction is and i said this on twitter guys and i don't really know how this could be argued like how is this anything like but a positive like i know that people are trying to spin this a million different ways like kind of the cliche that i'm seeing on social media now is 
well, you know, it's 2019. It's not 2003. Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are relics from the past. You know what I know about professional wrestling and storytelling in general? It's all about the story. It's about telling a good story. That hasn't changed back from the days of, you know, of, of, of Homer with the Iliad and the Odyssey. And it's the same right now in the year of our Lord, 2019. Yes. You tell a good story, <laughs> people are going to want to watch it. And here's what we know. Say what you want about Paul Heyman. Say what you want about Eric Bischoff and the fact that they ran both their respective companies into the ground chasing WWF, WWE back in the day. But they can tell a damn good story. Paul Heyman tells an excellent story. I think Monday Night Raw is going to be absolutely sensational. And if we know one thing about Eric Bischoff, like, don't let him run the company. And he's not going to be running the company. He'll be reporting to Vince McMahon. We know Eric Bischoff can tell a damn good story. So I think that this is a positive. We've got two good storytellers. And that's what people want to crush for right it's never been about the talent it's never been about the work rate in wwe and i love seth rollins crushing all the critics out there saying that wwe's work rate isn't good wwe has the best talent roster in the world bar none period end of story it's never been about the wrestlers it's always been about the storytelling about the crappy storytelling that vince mcmahon was putting out there and now vince has put two excellent two history making two immortal storytellers, legendary storytellers in charge of Raw and SmackDown respectively, and people want to complain and they want to bitch and they want to whine and they want to moan, because that's what people like to do. Bottom line is this, BC, and you alluded to it. With this new leadership now, we're all Paul Heyman and SmackDown with Eric Bischoff, with AEW and the Young Bucks and Cody and Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho and with New Japan Pro Wrestling and the G1 coming up, which is going to be, I think, the greatest G1 tournament of all time. Yes. We are in a great time to be professional wrestling fans. This is a golden age, I think, that we are about to enter professional wrestling. And the revolution that we talked about, it's here. And guess what? WWE is responding in the way that we as fans need them to respond. Tell us better stories. Use your talent. Use your great talent in a better way. Tell the stories that people want to see, and people will tune in, and people will be fans. Oh, my God, Nick, we've missed you. Nick, you famously once said on this show, in a line that keeps making the rounds. Take the L and admit you're wrong, because you sound ridiculous. Is this Vince McMahon (laughs) taking the L, admitting that he's wrong, but doing what's right for his business and the business of pro wrestling in general. I mean, I think I don't think there's any question about it. Now, again, you've got the sub, you've got the uh, the subsect of fans out there who will whine and bitch and moan and complain, no matter what happens, and they're going to find a way to to whine and bitch and moan and complain about this. But again, like if you actually think about it, and I think WWE has, has sucked recently, obviously, right? And that's not like I got I got a huge hot take by me. Everyone thinks WWE has sucked. <laughs> Because WWE has sucked. It's really like an incontrovertible, inarguable point. Vince is now taking the steps and he's basically admitting to the world, yes, my product sucks. And yes, what I'm doing is not working. And yeah, I thought, you know, last November when me and Stephanie and, and, and Hunter and Shane stood in there in the ring on Monday Night Raw and we said change was coming. We were wrong. We were wrong about that. You know, if you think Vince wanted to do this, you think six months ago if someone had told Vince McMahon that he'd be appointing Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff, to be running his two flagship shows, he'd be happy about it? No chance. 
but he knows the deal. He has to be smart enough to know the deal. He has to know that his product stinks and what people are saying on social media and the fact that AEW is coming and AEW has got the buzz. And I know New Japan's not a huge threat, but New Japan, even without Kenny Omega, New Japan's got a tremendous buzz right now in the wrestling community. So I absolutely think this has been saying, I've dropped the ball here. Creative basically stinks. People are right. Let's try and fix this. And the thing that I really love about it is that they took care, right? And you know that when these statements get released, like the Sports Illustrated, what with, with Justin Barrasso, great job by him breaking the story, what they put out there. Guys, this is not for storyline. Eric Bischoff, as far as we know right now, is not going to be on camera as the head of SmackDown. This is behind-the-scenes creative stuff. And I think that that is an important line in the sand to draw. Because if they were putting Heyman and Bischoff as figureheads on the show, as the quote-unquote authority figures, I think we could groan and then we could kvetch and whine and bitch and moan and complain. But if they're off camera and they are off screen and this is just about creative and just about storytelling and putting the great workers in this company in the right position to succeed, then how can this be looked at as anything, anything but a positive? Feel that! Nick, I know you're a busy man and your time is limited. There are women that are calling you. I mean, you're talking about the buzz. It sounds like you're on the buzz. It sounds like a little day drinking. Or just maybe you're just damn fired up. But I got to ask you the topic that Adam and I just threw around before calling you. What does this mean to Paul Levesque? How did he potentially react to hearing this? Because we always thought if Vince was ever going to give the keys to anyone else. And yes, Vince is still there. He's still the stamp at the end of the assembly line. But he didn't hand the keys to Paul Levesque and say, great job, son, on NXT. Let's start doing that on the main roster. He went back to his old rivals. How does that play in pillow talk time with Stephen Paul? Well, I think that the question that you have to ask yourself is this. And I'm, and I'm talking to the person that's listening to this right now. Not me, you, the person that's listening to this. Ask yourself this question. Is Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Triple H, Paul Levesque, is he a smart guy? I think the answer is yes. Chances are you, the listener, you also think the answer is yes. And if that's true, and I think that we're right, that Triple H is a smart guy, then Triple H should have zero seconds, zero iota of concern over this announcement by Vince McMahon. Triple H is still running NXT. And like you said, Brian, you, you nailed it when you're kind of going through the question. Vince is still the stamp at the end of this now. At some point, unfortunately, and this is kind of the harsh reality that all of us as mere mortals must face, Vince McMahon is going to die at some point. And I hope he never dies. The guy's the absolute legend and created all this entertainment for all of us. Vince is not getting any younger. And when Vince either dies or steps down, and I hate to say that, but that's what's, I mean, it's going to happen. We're all going to die someday, right? Vince is going to die someday. When Vince is no longer running WWE, Triple H is going to be the guy with the stamp at the end. So I think this changes absolutely nothing for Triple H. Let him continue dominating running running, uh, running NXT. Let Bischoff and Paul Heyman run the WWE shows. And when the time is right, Triple H is going to be the guy with the stamp at the end of the day. So I think if Hunter is smart, and I think he is, I think he won't be affected at all. Yeah, I believe someone else said that a little bit earlier on the show, BC. Hey, uh, Adam, you're hearing Nick Costos and I... Um coexist in the same environment and i regularly get people that say it's surprising you know what's going on are you guys good what's happening here but look i've got to be a little vince mcmahon myself and say it was best for business to call nick costos today and you know we'll put the water under the bridge for money and in god darn nick just delivered wow nick nick how are you yo everything things are great 
I will always say my time at CBS, absolutely spectacular. Nothing but affection for all my former coworkers, and I root everyone on at the network and at the website and otherwise. I will say my life's pretty good. And if you'll allow me to break kayfabe for a second here on the handsome Nick character, been dating a girl now for a number <laughs> of months. She's absolutely, she's fantastic. Making more money, working less. Got some great stuff that I'm going to announce here for football season coming up. But always, always have affection for my peeps at CBS, for you two specifically, for the state of combat listeners. And of course, able to come on the program whenever you guys would like to talk some professional wrestling. This is a big week for Nick, who made his debut last night on the WWE Network. Is this true? Yeah, I actually saw someone sent me a picture of that Greek guy. Yeah, I guess that kind of did look like me a little bit, although I will say I've been packing on the pounds a little bit here, buying shirts in a large instead of a medium. So <laughs> I don't know if I have the, the physique of that, of that Greek guy well, on NXT the other night. I'll give you credit. You have far better style sense because you would never pick ring gear that looks like that. <laughs> Thank you very much, Silver King. Wow, Absolutely. I never thought Vince would retire the pen and give it to somebody else, and I never thought Nick Costos would stop swiping, but I'm very happy to hear congratulations and all your success inside and out of the boardroom and the bedroom, Nick. Thank you very much, guys. And again, sincerely, love all the State of Combat listeners. Love being on the show with you guys. Anytime that you guys want, you've got my number. Give me a shout. And um, I can't yet announce the stuff that I've got coming up here because I can't yet because there will be press releases and stuff that go out. But Handsome Nick, back in a major way coming up this fall. Again, check me out every morning on Odd Shark and, of course, all my work on Sports Illustrated. But big-time announcements to come. Handsome Nick is back. Well-dressed Nick is back, and he's making more (laughs) money, and he's working less than ever before. Let's go, baby. Not only did he not win it, I felt that he lost it. Thank you, Nick Costos. Yeah, man. Thank you. Oh, wow, Adam. little memory lane with the great Nick Costos, and he mentioned it, and I failed to off the top. Shout-out to Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated for originally having this story. Are we forgetting any tiny details here as we broke it all down, Adam? Well, I I do think there's a couple things that we can talk about that we did not already. The first is with Bischoff going to SmackDown, you know, I I joked earlier that Vince keeps putting him in charge of the big show, you know, when he he is with them. You're talking about Paul White, Adam? Are you talking about Paul White, the big show? When you say the big show, you mean Paul White? No, I I am not. I'm talking about Eric Bischoff, who's back and better than ever. Um, Let's not forget, he, when he worked with WCW, a huge, massive part of his role was working with Turner Broadcasting and TNT. He has far more experience than Paul Heyman does working with a major network standards and practices, what executives want who are not either part owners or don't give complete creative freedom to the company. And we know that Fox is already kind of poking at WWE. You know, there's reports they want it more sports oriented, they want bigger stars on the show, so on and so forth. So having Bischoff. In a role with WWE, and you mentioned Justin Barrasso, I believe he reported that Bischoff is going to have a working relationship with Fox as well. So he's the perfect bridge person, especially when you're starting a relationship, to work between WWE and Fox. Now, while we've been on this show, PW Insider came out with a report said two things that I think are pretty interesting. One, WWE initially offered Paul Heyman this job or a job similar to it back in February at the same time they brought Bruce Pritchard on board. So that's extremely interesting. It, Heyman apparently didn't accept at the time. They kept on him. It developed. And then they got him in. The second is that Bischoff was just offered a couple weeks ago. And that developed and they brought him in. So Heyman was someone they had eyed and had long term wanted. And let's also not forget, Heyman has not had an official role with WWE creative. But 
any WWE 24-7 show or 365 or Chronicle, there is always Paul Heyman in the background, especially with the women, speaking with talent, working with them, going over lines, angles, how they present themselves. If you watch the Alexa Bliss 365, he's literally working with her and saying, okay, now you have a talking segment in the ring. What if you introduce yourself like this? What if you do that? Ronda Rousey credited him greatly for helping her. So did Becky Lynch. So Paul Heyman has had an impact on WWE in his very limited time when he's actually around the talent. Now he's going to be around them all the time for one show and probably for every pay-per-view as well. I think that's something that a lot of people are overlooking. I, I just hope, I think my greatest hope in this development is essentially the thing we say is most broke about WWE. Look, look, God, they have the talent. The in-ring matches when they dedicate to making high work rate matches are insanely good. Yeah. If they can pull back the reins on the scripting, even Adam 20%. If Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff could could make it their mission to pull back even 20%, go to bullet points to bring out more of each person's actual character and do less of the idea of everyone's equal, 50-50 booking, which means everyone's a joke. Even when you win, sometimes you're turned into a joke. Stop presenting people as a joke and let them be them, which is essentially the reason why John Moxley's on fire right now. Wow, could everything change? Everything could change, Adam. Be- yeah, it's possible. I mean, there is still, at the end of the day, as excited as we are, having Nick on was great. At the end of the day, it is still Vince McMahon's company. He is still in charge of creative. So who the ultimate champions are, when title changes happen, that stuff may not change. We may get more Roman Reigns pushed down our throat on SmackDown. The hope, the only hope, is Eric Bischoff makes him cool. And if Eric Bischoff can make Roman Reigns cool and keep him on Tuesday nights and we can end this wild card rule and go back to the brand split and have things a little bit back as they were, but more importantly, back the way they were. Not that this was a great period for WWE, but the original brand split was at least a split. And when they did want people to go back and forth, they did a trade or they did an invasion or they ran a Survivor Series angle. Let's go back to that and not so much what we are seeing now where like you said on, I believe it was last yesterday's show, there's like eight talents that are on both shows, and that's basically all we're getting. Let's go back to the greatness that WWE can give us that was partially influenced by Eric Bischoff and the NWO and WCW and partially influenced by the attitude that Paul Heyman brought to ECW and Vince McMahon kind of co-opted in WWE. Oh, man, I am so damn excited. Now tell me who's the fruit booty! I don't know the answer to that question, but I am so Was that at ECW, uh, that one-off ECW one-night stand show? Damn. From the right. um, suite where JBL said that? Yep. He gave an epic and uh, yeah. and inappropriate promo in hindsight, and it's fan-friggin-tastic. Thank you, Vince. I'm going to say it. Thank you, Vince. This Look, whether this fails, wherever we're going from here, Adam, as a fan, what a damn time to be alive as a journalist as two guys are lucky to host one of the more loved and arguably influential podcasts out there. Absolutely. Not saying WWE Creative has ever heard of us or listened to our show. I'm just saying people seem to like this as people who get to go to these big events and talk to these big time players. Man. Wow. I need a cigarette. Put that cigarette up. Yes, Gene. Yes. Got it. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, I'm I'm pumped. I got to be honest. Like, this was a nice shock. I woke up this morning. I'm worried about you know for those that don't follow me on Twitter. I'm closing on a house Monday, so I've been really nervous. I have been I had some phone calls to make. I had a mover come in to do an estimate. I'm packing up my bags, getting ready to come into work. I find out I-95 is closed. I have a 45 minute drive ahead of me, and I get a, a ping on our Slack channel that this happened. And man, that turned my day around. Like I'm happy. I'm excited. Silver King's energized. I'm ready to go on with the rest of the day. I need a Coca-Cola. I need some caffeine. I want. I, I need to stay like this. Wow. Wow. I love a happy ending. <laughs> what? Yeah, indeed, Bobby. <laughs> indeed. Let's end it like that. Uh, wow. Third boom period, guys. It's alive. It's well. Thank you for taking time out to listen to our instant analysis. Can't wait to see where we go from here. I've got two words for you. We out.